0: You guys are listening to the Jordan Garber Now Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Cut the music, cut the music. Ladies and gentlemen, obviously, first thing is first, welcome to Jordan Garber now. And you know, as of late, it just seems like we just continue to get hotter and hotter each and every single week. But at the same time, you know, there's many good times and there's many good vibes, obviously, and that's what I'm all about. But there's certain times where I have to mean in business in order to do so for my job and for my career. And to have another world champion on my resume. And on June 26th, Jordan Garber now presents Prove It. Because that's what I'm going to do. There's a champion in the UFC. He was an NWA world heavyweight champion. He was in the WWF for three years. And Dan the Beast Severn, I know that you wanted to come on my podcast, you want to come on my show, and I'm going to bring you on to my show. Now, don't get me wrong, you may have been one of the toughest UFC fighters to date. You might have fought at the first UFC event. You might have been a legend in MMA. You might have transitioned from MMA to pro wrestling and became a big star in the WWF. However, at the end of the day, when it comes to wrestling media... I am the king, and I'm always going to prove that each and every time, no matter what it takes. I'm going to do everything it takes to get the upper hand and to get the successful interview that I want to get. So Dan to be severed, my advice to you is I know you're a fighter, I know you're a shooter, I know you can go for it, but on this podcast, I am one of the sneakiest people there is in this business, and I will do anything to reach a news headline. And just remember that I'll do anything it has to take to once again reach the press. Enjoy your day, and of course, stay safe.
1: PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.
0: You heard the Muse promo code, powerslam now. All business aside, Jordan Garber Now is going to be a great episode tonight. We have none other than our first interview with Tyler James And in our next interview with none other than Ballistic Brent Myers. And our main event interview for tonight is none other than Ring of Honor star Prince Nana. All coming your way on Jordan Garber Now.
2: At this time, would you please welcome to the Jordan Garber Now podcast. Hailing from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Six foot, 190 pounds. Tyler James!
0: And Tyler James is up next on the Jordan Garber Now podcast. He definitely made a name for himself in Winnipeg Wrestling, but is he going to make a name for himself on this podcast? We're going to find out next. Ladies and gentlemen, Jordan Garber Now is back, and we like to talk about Winnipeg Wrestling. It is the roots of the program, and we are here with a well-established veteran of the game, none other than Tyler James. Tyler, how you doing, man?
1: Well-established veteran. I don't think I've ever been put over to that extent before. I'm doing very well. Yourself?
0: I am doing pretty good. I cannot complain. And I say that because not just because I'm a journalist and I say big words, but you have definitely proved your point in the Winnipeg wrestling game, starting out all the way in January 2002 with Ernie Todd familiar enough he's the first guy I ever talked to in the business as well so kind of share with the audience here your experiences with Ernie Todd you know we hear a lot of good ones and a lot of bad ones but what are some of yours
1: I bet you a lot of people want to hear about my experiences with Ernie Todd but let's start with you what did you think what did you think of him seriously and then I'm gonna bounce off of you
0: well The thing with Ernie Todd here is what happened was is I just got promoted to wrestling and uh, not promoted to wrestling, but exposed to wrestling. My mom let me watch it for the first time. You know, I'm a 15 year old kid watching it on TV. So here I am on the internet trying to find some local promoters to talk to because I have this big fantasy that I'm going to be this big wrestler. And the first guy I see is Ernie Todd, Canadian Wrestling Federation. So he'd go on the. He'd go on the phone with me and he'd tell me, talk to me for like freaking an hour or two hours. Stories about him suing Danny Duggan and all these crazy stories about whatever. And then like he'd just expect a call next week. And shockingly enough, I never got a trained by the guy. So I don't know what the calls were for, but I remember Ernie Todd. So during that time, Winnipeg Wrestling was pretty hot. So were the crowds pretty good at that time? Was CWF a good place to be? Or would you rather be somewhere else in that time
1: frame? 2002? Yeah. boy, well, like, because like, I started in January of 2002, like, and uh, so at that point, I had no idea what to expect at anything. I didn't realize, I had no idea what kind of crowds they drew, anything like that. So my first couple of shows, yeah, there was, like, you know, maybe 100, 150, and I wasn't, like, that impressed at the time, but I wasn't, like, completely discouraged. But it kind of just went downhill from there, realistically.
0: Pretty much, yeah. And well, look at it now. He doesn't even own the company anymore, so...
1: Like, like, he's completely disconnected. I ran into that guy, like, years ago, and that's pretty much what he said. He's just, he's Oh, I don't do the wrestling anymore, and blah, blah, blah. So, I'm like, whatever. But he's just such a ridiculous character. Like, I don't know what he thought the business was supposed to give back to him, but it's just, like, just the amount of BS he said, and just, oh, my God. Like, he thought he was working people, but he just sounded like a fucking... Idiot all the time.
0: The big He's Kahuna, a BS
1: artist constantly. Right, it was just
0: ridiculous. The big Kahuna, Ernie Todd. Can you imagine him returning in like the Fifty Man Rumble to remember? If you, if like he were to return, like in a match, would you go easy on the guy or would you beat the crap out of him?
1: Why would I want to beat the crap out of him? <laughs> you know, I'll tell you this. Like, I'll probably, I probably, wouldn't even get a chance to stand off with him. I don't even know, but. Uh, realistically, like, let's... He wouldn't
0: even show up. Come on. That's crazy. I've never heard Ernie Todd be mentioned more on a wrestling podcast segment more than now. So, uh, big shout-out to Ernie there. And, yes, the first guy, indeed, I've talked to in the business. But, obviously, good things do have to come to an end, like your great career in the CWF. But, transitioning forward now, like, what was next in your bag of tricks? Like, you, you wrestled for a bunch of other promotions, but... Were they better than the CWF? Like, what, what were you kind of experiencing here through the demise of CWF?
1: No, not better. Definitely not. The, mm-hmm. um, what, what was going on? Uh, and the reason why I'm laughing is because we're just, we barely scratched the surface of Ernie Todd, but we might swing <laughs> right. around back to him again. But like, no, because what happened was, is like, um, like kind of a spinoff, uh, promotion kind of, uh, kind of got created due to, like, pretty much the combined hatred of Ernie Todd, which was known as Ringmasters Entertainment, and I got in with them at the ground floor 2004, maybe. I don't remember exactly.
0: I remember uh, Ringmasters Entertainment, actually, when I was a kid, and they had their first show. Well, not their first show, but they had a show at Vince Lee Community Center. And I remember always going to that community center. I used to go tobogganing there, play basketball all the time, and I'd do do all that good stuff, you know, before I wrecked my life but uh with vince lee and ringmasters entertainment and during those shows you know yeah it might have been a hatred er, towards ernie todd but they definitely ran a great product you can agree with that
1: well I, i also had a little bit of a um a touch of influence on like some you know where like i wanted the direction of you know my career to go at uh at that point. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of promises from the office and uh, things, things like that, right? Just of like, and a lot of, uh, a lot of trash talk as well. Mm-hmm. So they were, they were expecting to do or hoping to do big things or, you know, pretty much outperform all the rest, like the rest of the market, which was very like, lines were drawn, you know what I mean? And weapons were, you know, at a, like at the, at the helm, right? Ready to, uh, to go like these, like people didn't really, like, no one was getting along, right? So it was just uh it was pretty crazy. Like all these offices were just trying to out- outdo each other, so there's a lot of bickering and uh, garbage of that sort. So it was just it, like it just like looking back on a lot of like my first run, like during during my time in CWF and um, Ringmaster's Entertainment, I was known as Justin Time, which is such a ridiculous name. But are you time, serious? I didn't really think of anything for myself, and somebody just gave it to me. And realistically, the whole story comes around like that. One of the one of the guys he used to be his it worked his the name was overkill tall dude he wore he had a mask that was like looked like a like a skull scary as hell and we were in this weapons the fans bring the weapons like battle loyal thing like the the ropes were wrapped in barbed wire there was like 50 dudes that came into this thing it was insane and this is like literally my debut match and i went like debut uh uh, my debut, like, hey, I'm going to be, this whatever, right? So I, get in, this, I still get in the ring, we're doing the thing, and I'm, you know, having a great time, getting beat up by everybody, and I'm just loving my, loving life and whatever. And then there comes a spot where Overkill gets a hold of this clock, and I'm like, oh, crap, is that glass? And he smokes me in the head with it. Luckily enough, you know, I didn't get cut, but that's pretty much where that name kind of came from, is I got hit with a clock, it was a really big moment, got a holy shit chat like you wouldn't believe.
0: And then, yeah, the name Justin Time kind of came about. I love how I call, I just love how I call myself like a professional wrestling journalist. You know, the whole time, you know, that you were wrestling, I I, I didn't know that Justin Time was you. I I was wondering, like, when's Justin Time coming back? I remember this guy from CWE in 2009. Actually, funny story was when there is, when I was a kid, man, CWE ran their first events in 2009, I believe. And at the Maples Community Center, and this is when I first met you, I believe, when there was this whole heated debate about, well, Winnipeg wrestling promoter, I don't know who it was, I really don't care. I'm over it now, I'm an adult, but this was a long time ago. A wrestling promoter, you know, went on the internet and, you know, did some trash talk to me, you know, being the young guy, wanted to be in the business, kind of giving me a few jabs. So I remember... My dad, my dad, who hates wrestling, with goes inside the boys' locker. Goes to the boys, goes to the locker room, and gets to the bottom of who did it. Either way, it doesn't really matter who did it. At the end of the day, it's all under the rug. But I remember you uh, shook my hand and you said, "Nice to meet you." I'm just in time. And since then, I never knew that was you. So that's uh, that's a first. That, you learn something new every day.
1: Do you remember that? Yeah, I think I think I do remember saying hi to you, because I think you, I remember you being, like, this young, like, I think you were doing some writing at the time, or maybe taking pictures?
0: Yeah, I was writing and, like, taking pictures, and, like, I was 14, 15, so all I was doing was generating garbage, but, like, I didn't care at the time, because I was just a kid. I was just enjoying the business, I was being a fan of the business, and I was a smart mark. I just wanted to, you know, kind of get involved as I could, and, you know, obviously that led to my direction now, but, uh, yeah, I started out with pictures, and then I started out with those interviews, and then that kind of leads me to uh, slowly I stepped uh, to different roles in the business, which is really a really f- cool story, you know. Looking back to, I,
1: you know, I really appreciate you telling me that because to be honest, I do remember coming up and saying hello to you because I think someone, like, like I said, I I remember seeing you around and I knew you doing some positive some, some positive things as like a journalist kind of thing, and I'm a and I'm a firm believer that like. This this business needs like those like Dave Meltzer type people regard, like regardless of the example. You know yeah. what I mean? That the you know, the writers or the people that really care about it want to present it in a you know, like in the, the best the best light possible, right? So and the funny thing and at that point it was two thousand nine, I was pretty much like I got it on the ground floor with, C, with CWE. Danny gets the gets the thing going and I heard he was doing it, I'm like, Hey, how do I you know, let me get you know, let me get involved with that, right? And it was pretty much, you know, I was doing a few things and I just kind of lost my luster and other, you know, personal circumstances pretty much, you know, for, like kind of forced me to take a few uh, a few years off before I repackaged myself as as Tyler James, which isn't really much of rep- repackaging up until recently anyway.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a crazy time in the, of the business today. And you definitely look at what CWE has and the current product that they're delivering. And you've had a big role in that with the Degenerates tag team, and I, from the get-go, I was talking with you, and you said, this is a very good idea, watch what I have coming, went to the show, checked it out, and boom, you know, you guys got something good going. You know, who came up with this whole um, tan- tangent, or stable, or whatever you want to call it, and how did they it, it kick off? Like, how did you guys put this idea into full effect, put it on pen and paper, give it to Danny, and obviously do your thing? Um, it's a great gimmick, a great idea, and you guys come over as major heels. Um, what was the idea behind this?
1: Frustration realistically like, I like when I kind of when it made my my return, my triumphant return to CWE and fucking I don't even remember what year it was It was kind of was just a slow burn coming forward and then I just wanted more and more and more and now this is the this is you know I'm really getting some you know real meat on the bone and you know things like that out of, out of this out of this industry. So coming forth, it was like I, I saw what was happening to Drag meal, right? I think at the time, you know, he was having problems with his mom, right? And, you know, his mom was getting involved in his matches. Kevin Cannon had like something to do with it, so he was incredibly frustrated, and uh, and I think Mike uh, Mike Mission was also extremely extremely frustrated with his. He, he was ready to just like. You know, like he'd had enough, you know, it's, it's, he felt it was his time. It's like everyone that is, the, you know, the previous, previous, you know, people have been keeping him down and he felt like it was, it's his time to, to really break out and be of like, you know, who he, who, who he is now and what we are today, realistically, because we all, you know, we're just, like I said, just frustrated with where we were. And I was just like, you know, like, we just need to just, just ripping shit up and not caring. You know what I mean? And that's realistically what we're doing or what I'm doing. I just don't care. I'll do what I want, and realistically, you know the consequences will be the consequences. If I get my ass kicked, then wow, hey, look, I got my ass kicked. But I'm going to come back tomorrow and do it again because that's realistically the only way you get some any respect in this damn, this damn industry. You know, like fuck it.
0: Oh, exactly. And you know, Mike Mission.
1: They share my my opinion i know that because we've talked about it a million times like you know we can be on more shows have more opportunities for multiple championships if we just continue causing chaos which is what we're going to continue doing because it's working it's a formula that works and it's going to continue to work because it just fucking does
0: well, you cannot agree. I can't agree with you more in terms of that. You guys have proven to be a dominant force. Do you guys have any targets that you have standing in front of you that you guys are on your kill list, or are you guys just going to destroy everything in your path?
1: Well, whatever we decide is our goal that week, because that's where, you know that's how we pretty much assess things. You know, every t- <coughs> for every matchup that we get, we just you know we figure out exactly where we want to be at the end of the day. And that's the goal that we worked towards, and it's, and it's a unified goal. Just like when we took, when we took care of uh, of Big Cliff and Billy Blaze. That was, a, that was a common goal that day, and it was accomplished.
0: Crazy. Those are both very big men as well. So that was uh, definitely uh, impressive, but please don't aim your attacks on the Jewish wrestling journalist icon Jordan Garber. Did nothing wrong to you guys. You guys are cool. We're cool. We'll share some joints.
1: Hey, I, I told... Hey, I shook your hand that day when you were a kid to encourage you to do this, and I've always encouraged you to continue doing this. So, hey, you're giving me a, you're giving me a platform,
0: bro. <laughs> right on, man. All right, so obviously the ge- Degenerates are a big name of professional wrestling right now. They are a force to be reckoned with. But, um, you know, in terms of chemistry... Here, uh, Name a few guys, let's say name three guys here in the Winnipeg wrestling scene that you just had some really good chemistry with. The bell rings and the match was just clouds. So it was easy to work with and everything went well. Where are some examples of that? Oh, ease, of,
1: ease of match? Yeah,
0: chemistry and ease of match. Those two... Um... Oh,
1: man. Oh, one guy I really enjoyed working with, and this is from my beginning run, like ringmasters and such, was uh, Gibby Guerrero? I remember him. He used to be my teacher. Yeah, <laughs> he I think the one thing that I one thing we did was try to use real emotion. It was almost like for like thirty seconds, we actually did hate each other, and that's where the you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just insane. Like there were, there were matches where we had like these standoffs that were you know got pretty good reactions, even though like, like there was uh, we were in we were in Gimli in his hometown. You know what I mean? And it was just, it was, it was a really, really good time, you know? Like, I really, he's one guy that I would want to, you know, wrestle more and more because it's just, I always felt there was a way to put more layers on everything. We just add more, add more heat and add more animosity. And you know what I mean? So it just, like, everything with him really, really felt genuine and real.
0: Right on. It would be like another uh, two guys that you think you had a good um, standing with in the ring?
1: Uh, dick blood he was a guy that took me under his wing and i get he really toughened me up realistically because uh, when my first impression of wrestling was you know obviously oh it's fake this isn't fake no way the only reason you know it's only it's only fake because uh, we say so you know what i mean like people got to go to you know work or deal with their kids the next day so like let's be let's be realistic I'm not trying to insult anybody, you know but like yeah he he really he really yeah, show me what it was to also just carry yourself on the fly is another one you know what I mean because like at any time something can go wrong in the match and you need to know how to like just when it just doesn't go right make it right realistically and that's yeah. Like, you know, and I, I, I owe him a lot of, uh, just, uh, I don't know what it is, but really, like, like I said, he just, he really brought, like, what brought me out of just my shell of, like, hit and being hit, to hit and be hit, realistically. Yeah. So, and then, I, for, for the third one, I don't even, I can't even, I don't even know. Like, oh my god, it's just like, my, the pursuit of this this sport has always been to wrestle with as many different people as possible all the time. But um, I think that one like one match that really surprised me after I watched it back on television had to be probably I went out to Edmonton. I don't remember what year it was, but it was uh, God Almighty. I wish I knew what year what year it was, but um, Heavy Metal at the time I think was a teenager. I had no idea. I thought, you know, I didn't know. Justin, right? right? I had this match with heavy metal and we just, we just went and I watched it back and I was just like, man, that went just as well as I thought it did and even better on television. I was just on the, on the recording, you know, so I I don't know. It's just like, every time I watch some stuff is like I'm, sometimes I'm surprised, you know, that I'm actually watching myself, you know, or maybe I'm just watching it through rose-colored glasses. You never know.
0: Mark out a I little know,
1: bit. You know, I, I really don't know, but that's, you know, you, you just like when you look at yourself in the mirror and then you see yourself on a picture or uh, something, you know, it's like, wait, that's not what I look like in the mirrors. But uh, yeah, you, you never know. But like, I, I really enjoyed that one. That was a lot. I felt like we had, we were booked together in a match and we just, it was both of our creative inputs that really just kind of like went and I really enjoyed it.
0: Right on, man. Well, definitely. Uh, it's great knowing you all these years in the local scene And you definitely uh, were one of my favorites to watch. Uh, Where can people follow you on social media? Say, we have listeners from everywhere, man. We have people from India, the Philippines, New Zealand. So say any of those people want to follow you. Where can they follow you and uh, check out some of your work?
1: Well, my main social media thing is like, well, I'm 40, right? So I'm just on Facebook (laughs) mostly. But yeah, I'm usually, you know, telling jokes or just, you know, you know, riling people up, just on my status and, you know, and stuff like that. Really so like, that's, Facebook is my primary. I got Tyler James at, I mean, sorry, at Tyler James zero zero zero, which is my barely active Twitter. Same with, uh yeah, I also got an Instagram, but or I'm, but I barely touched that, so it's not even worth it.
0: <laughs> I also have a, a comment here from the universe Zach Mercury saying that he's the greatest wrestler in Canadian wrestling history. Do you agree with that? Who is? Uh, Zach Mercury says he's the best. No one can top him.
1: Zach, Zach Mercury is making this claim about himself?
0: Well, I just seen here that Zach Mercury, the universe, is saying he's one of the best in Western Canada.
1: Would you agree with that? I just, I just want to clear up that you're telling me that the universe, Zach Mercury, is so proclaiming he's the best in Canada. Yes. I think that statement speaks for itself.
0: He, he's great. He's great.
1: Hmm. anyways um once again i do have a theory behind that yeah realistically you know like what how, how tall is he
0: oh i don't know like six seven six seven big guy big boy
1: yeah but right that's a tall person right six seven maybe 260 right. 260 pounds
0: He's a big boy, and I got him mad on the road once, so he, he kept chewing yeah. his t- chewing tobacco in the, in the car. It was disgusting. He kept chewing and eventually he falls asleep, because all that tobacco spews in your gums. So he, all that keeps him makes him fall asleep, and he's driving, and I can't drive, so i got to keep him up, and then we both fall asleep, and we arrive to the venue like three hours later than we're supposed to be. So that was a, a not the most pleasant experience, but that was probably my fault, too, because I shouldn't have been sleeping. If I sit in the front of the car on the road, I got to stay up. I got to be the navigator. So <laughs> that would have pissed you off
1: that's for sure. <laughs> he, like, I to be honest, I, I wish I could still steam around back right, because he lives in Edmonton. But he's such a like I like him. I think he's a right-on guy. We have the same kind of taste in music. But like he he's uh, that's um, like realistically with just the credentials of being you know six seven and two sixty and into wrestling for as long as he has, like mm-hmm. you know, like there there should be more advancement there. I completely agree. Tyler James... That's, and- that's, that's, I think, the politest way for me to put it. You know? Yeah. Like, seriously. Like, I, I, I... To be honest, like, and I've, I've rode with him, and he's gotten pissed with me. I still like him. I really do. He got pissed you know? with me, too. <laughs> like, I like that but guy. Yeah, but it, when it comes to, like, wrestling stuff, it's just... I'd rather just not. I'd just would rather stay away from it.
0: So, no 45-minute matches with Zach Mercury?
1: Oh, man. I...
0: Or Broadway?
1: I have a 45-minute match with Zach Mercury. I had maybe a 15-minute match minute match with Zach Mercury where I fell on my head. Oh, my that God. That was tremendous.
0: So no one-hour Broadway, then? That's not going to happen.
1: No, no. We both put the blame on each other. Like I, he, has to, he was sitting up on the top rope, and I was going to give him, a, a, give him a, a, what do you call it? a Frankensteiner off the top. And as soon as I got my legs around around his head, he just kind of fell and dropped me on my head. Oh my god! And fuck. he claims that I pulled him down too hard. That's
0: not safe. I'm like,
1: I don't know how that's possible. I'm pretty sure I only weighed 180 at the time.
0: I'd freak so, out. I'd but yeah, it. like
1: that. It was that was painful, and I my my shoulder for quite a while. And, I would yeah, take so a break. It was like shifted, like like it's a common hockey player injury when they get pushed into the boards. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's kind of come back like into position now, but yeah, that's my, uh, that's my Zach Mercury experience. I wish I had the tape.
0: Right on. Well,
1: maybe I one think, day. I more. think that damn Ernie Todd has the fucking tape. That
0: Ernie Todd, that guy, you know, he's still yeah. sitting on the beach in the Dominican Republic. Who knows, maybe the world wants to hear him on Jordan Garber now. No. No, I agree. <laughs> Tyler James, everybody. What a great interview with none other than Tyler James here on the Jordan Garber Now podcast. Coming up next, we're going to introduce the ballistic Brent Myers in the interview. Coming up on Jordan Garber Now.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, would you please welcome to the Jordan Garber Now podcast. Five foot 5'9", weighing in at 238 pounds, Hailing from Chicago, Illinois, by way of Texas City, Texas, Ballistic Brent Myers!
0: Yes, everybody, Ballistic Brent Myers returns to the Jordan Garber Now podcast next. Are you a wrestling fan? And do you like collecting wrestling merchandise? Well, Hot Shots Retro Rewind and Wrestling Collectibles is the place for you. They have t-shirts, action figures, DVDs, and autographs available. Check it out. Hot Shots Retro Rewind and Wrestling Collectibles on their public Facebook group. Jordan Garber now is back with none other than Ballistic Brent Myers again. Great to have you back on the program. How you doing, my man? I'm doing great. Yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I can't complain myself. Uh, we are in the middle of a very big pandemic and a uh, big crisis right now, but things seem to be settling down, which is a very good thing um, to get started for starters, basically. But in terms of yourself, how have you been going through this pandemic and uh, how have you evolved your wrestling career as well during this break?
3: That's a great question, my friend. Uh you know, I may be a little different than than most people out there, and you know, uh, it is what it is. But I, I, uh, I'm not entertaining it quite as much as everyone else. Uh, I'm trying to stay as positive as I can. It's not that you know I'm forgetting about it or putting it to the side. It's uh, I'm very cautious. I'm a very health and safety minded person to begin with, but even more so because of this crisis. However, I'm not you know, panicking, I'm not in fear, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not overdoing this, uh, and and that's what I encourage other people to do, is, uh, you know, don't, don't live in fear, don't panic, be cautious, be healthy and safety-minded, but, you know, don't let it beat you over the head, you know.
0: Exactly, for sure, and uh, you know, you've worked a lot of, um, last time we had you on, we were talking about health and fitness, and how important it is to stay well-conditioned, and uh, work on your body basically um going into that uh how have you been going like personal wise uh, health wise any new workouts anything like that that you could kind of share with the audience and for starters people like me that haven't really worked out a day in their lives how can someone get started
3: <laughs> um, another great question there uh jordan um uh, you know as far as my workouts i don't want to give away all my little secrets to here, but uh you know i I I do a lot of circuit training where you're, you're going station to station, especially with, with my normal travel schedule and all the things that I'm involved in. I I don't have time to be in a gym two, three hours all the time. So I try to condense it all where, you know, uh, I'm doing squats, bench pressing, shadow boxing, you know, striking heavy bags, just going station to station. Like I said, and knock it all out within 45 minutes to an hour. I'm out of there in and out. Um, you know, and I have my own spin off of things to you know I do things my own way, um, which are turned out to be effective. You know, I've never had any injuries in the in the gym really or anything like that, so I'm, I'm doing something right and I'm seeing great results at all times. Um, speaking of which, uh, you know, Justin, um, uh, I will, I will, I have a little workout advice for you and the uh, the listeners out there, but I just want to touch on this. I have recently uh done a a uh, fitness commercial in the midwest uh chicago land area uh with a fitness group called evolve fitness they're doing big things they got about six or seven locations throughout uh illinois orland park illinois naperville illinois and so on and they're looking to expand to other states maybe even out of the country at some point but uh you know it, it's a good thing in the making here um, so I just wanted to get that out there. And at some point, my 17-year-old daughter, Michaela, she's looking to get more involved in fitness and and uh, modeling and things of that nature. And I will be plugging her into a future of fitness commercial and, and some other things. So, real excited about that to get her involved in and in, uh, TV and media and marketing and all that kind of thing as well. Making sure she's staying in good shape.
0: Absolutely.
3: Um, yeah, and as far I'll give you, you know, a few tips for you guys out there. Uh, going back a step here, I was talking about uh, circuit training. It's worked for me it may not be something everybody wants to do, but if you're pressed for time, circuit training is something to look into, uh, you know, where you're, where you're going station to station, maybe do uh, biceps, triceps, hit legs hit this, hit that, you know, hit different body parts all at once rather than, well you know, today's arm day, tomorrow's leg day and drag it all out through the week um, you know, it's, it's a lot easier to knock it all out at one time. And then one trick that's worked for me is it when you get to the gym, you know, a lot of people like to warm up with light weights and go, gradually work into it. For me, I like to go right to the heavy stuff right away because think about it, when do you have the most energy? When you first arrive, right? Yeah. So if you do the heavy stuff last, that's when you have the least amount of energy. So yes, it's good to warm up, but maybe warm up just a little bit just to loosen up a little bit and then hit the heavy stuff first.
0: All right, well, what a great tip. That's definitely something that I am going to be doing. Now, in terms of chemistry-wise, you know, you worked a lot of wrestlers in the the squared circle, but, you know, um, counting off the top of your head, who are some guys that you just had a good match with and you continue to have good matches with, great chemistry, nothing went wrong?
3: Who have I had great chemistry with? Yes, sir. Okay, uh, I would say... You know, I've done a, two or three matches, uh, at least, with my trainer, Dan the B. Severn, from the UFC Hall of Fame, as well former WF superstar. Uh, we've had some great matches out in the, uh, the Connecticut area as well, uh, Michigan. And, uh, you know, we, we've had some good chemistry in there. I would like to do another match at some point before he fully retires, but, um, And, you know, no pun intended, uh, he still does very well, but I would love to have wrestled or even climbed in the cage with him during his prime time. Uh, The man is still very athletic, still a dangerous man. He's no joke, all business, as am I, and uh, we've always clicked well in and out of the ring. Uh, Another guy I had some great chemistry with in the ring was Night Train Gary Jackson. Jackson, he... uh, has done a lot of work with, throughout the years with, uh, WWF Southern Illinois championship wrestling, uh, WCW, you know, been all over, but I just think if he was given the right push, uh, he could have been, uh, you know, three times the star that he was, but he's still a phenomenal athlete, still going strong. Uh, so those are a couple of guys I've had some great chemistry with.
0: Right on. Now, what are your, some future goals for yourself? You know, um, you're, Uh, not just a wrestler but you've been into marketing and advertising and promoting uh, certain brands. Uh, What's next on your list of things to do?
3: Uh, well, you know, uh, again, I'll be doing stuff with Evolve Fitness, doing some commercials with them. Uh, it looks like I'm just waiting on some dates with all this crisis stuff going on. It's really hard to put anything in stone, but working on it little by little. Um, I have been in talks with uh, CCW, Coastal Championship Wrestling, in the Fort Lauderdale, Florida area. So they want me to come out and train. I've already got my flight booked. Uh, thank, thank, uh, you know, I want to thank my uh, sponsors out there who, who have uh, – Taking care of my travels, by the way, they've been a great help. Taking care of any pro wrestling travels, uh, MMA travels that maybe the promoter uh, can only cover a portion of, or something like that. So it's it's good to have them on board. Um, You know, uh, so I just want to get that out there. And uh, I just got my hands in a bit of everything as usual. Just you know, I want to get involved in some more film projects as well. Been talking to some producers out in Key West Uh, once they are permitting people to come in the area that are non-resident. I will be working on a film out there. I'm really excited about that. Uh, the film I'll be working on uh, will also be kind of martial arts related. Um, I'll just say that much. Um, it's going to be really cool. So I, I, I got a number of things coming up.
0: Great stuff. Now, I'd like to say uh, there's a segment that I do on this podcast called On This Day. Something new. If, I, if anything significant in my wrestling career pops up on this day, I bring it up, and I get a wrestler's perspective on the name. So on this day, Jordan Garber did not interview Paul Orndorff, but he did get to hang out with him for the night, and it was definitely a great one. What are your memories of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff?
3: Memories of Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Um, I, I believe I seen him years ago at the Rosemont Horizon in Chicago as a kid growing up watching the business. However, as an adult, I don't think I ever ran across the man. I always heard good things about him. Um, you know, I, I remember him in WF, I mean, uh, just putting on great matches with Hulk Hogan, Ace Cowboy Bob Orton, um, you know, doing things with uh, uh, WCW later on in his career. I believe he had a similar problem as Dick the Bruiser uh, with a torn bicep, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yes. it was sad to see that happen, but I, I do like his spirit. He kept going, pushing through injury, did not let anything hold him back.
0: Great stuff, man. Well, definitely, we had a great conversation with you, and before we wrap things up, you've been in contact with a great individual by the name of Carol Castle in the Minnesota wrestling scene. Can you kind of talk to her, uh, tell us about what you've been talking to her about and what projects are coming up in the future for you too?
3: Yes, uh, Carol Castle, a great lady. She's a bail agent, um, also retired correctional officer uh, in the Minnesota area, and she... Uh, as well involved as a leader of, uh, wrestling for life and life coin, uh, suicide awareness and prevention group. I am the co-founder of that group. Um, you know, she's doing a lot of things going state to state, uh, doing speaking engagements, various seminars, trying to get the message out about suicide awareness and behavioral crisis, letting people know that there are other numbers out there. They can contact They there are other options. Um, on, the, on these coins, for example, there is hotline numbers on the back of them that an emergency worker can call, whether you're a firefighter, police officer, security officer, military, corrections, you know, you're going through traumatic experiences, you can contact that number. It doesn't always have to be 911. There are people out there to help and talk uh, to you and, and push you through these uh, hard experiences that you're going through. And, uh, you know, uh not only emergency workers, but pro athletes as well that may be, you know, experiencing concussions, other injuries, uh, you know, uh, death of their their fellow talent, anything that might be running through their head that may create these suicidal thoughts. We want to help guide them through. So by having these life coins, the weight of the life coin in your pocket could possibly help a talent. Or emergency worker, think twice about what he's doing. When they may, you know, sometimes when you're down and out, you tend to fiddle with things and you may reach in your pocket, grab one of these life coins and say, hey, you know what, maybe I better give this hotline a, a call and, and, and uh, seek some help for this rather than make a bad decision. So that's kind of where we're going with that.
0: Absolutely. And it's most important to spread awareness about something as serious as that. That's for sure. And kudos to you two for putting on such a great product for uh, people who need Now, uh, where can people follow you on social media uh, or maybe even watch some of your matches?
3: Uh, Jordan, they can contact me on Facebook under my legal name, Brent Brooks, a.k.a. the Ballistic Brent Myers, um, and or Instagram under crowdpleaser2525. Again, crowdpleaser2525. And or email me directly at starpowerbbm2020 at gmail.com. If you want to book me for something, I accept payments via PayPal uh, um, and or cash payment upon arrival. Uh, There's many payment methods that I'm willing to to, uh, work out. Whether you want to book me for a professional wrestling match, a mixed martial arts bout, a MMA mat chat, self-defense seminar for women, defensive tactics for security, law enforcement, bodyguards, that type of thing. Um, Anything you want me to come in for. Uh, I'm willing to work out with you uh, any type of uh, payment method you want to go through we can do, let's do it uh, right now with it, with a lot of states being at a standstill it doesn't have to stop everything uh, I still make stealth defense training clips for various fans and people interested in that kind of thing, uh, personalized birthday shout outs, uh, selling 8x10 photos 4x6, You know they're glossy they're signed, they're ready to go I ship them out frequently. Um, I am working on getting uh, some t-shirts made. Um, just a lot a lot of things going on. So anything you want to know, follow me, like I said, on social media and or direct email.
0: Right on, my man. And uh, remember as well, we're doing a new segment here on Jordan Garber now where you can talk to your favorite wrestlers on the program only $5.99 and you get 10 minutes to speak on the phone with your favorite wrestlers, so you guys can speak to Brent Myers right now, just shoot me a message, and I do accept $10 through any payment method, whether that's PayPal, e-transfer, and if you live locally, heck, you could even deliver the money right to my door, and I'll make it happen, so uh, check that out as well, you can talk to the Ballistic Brent Myers on the phone for 10 minutes for five ninety nine Canadian. 99 uh, Canadian. Is there uh, anything else you, you think we should cover there, uh, Mr. Myers, or... Are we good for today?
3: I think we've nailed it all. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate the listening. Uh, the BBM encourages you to check out Jordan Garber's podcast here. Uh, he does a great job. He's getting talent books from all over the globe. Uh, I know we're talking about getting UFC Hall of Famer Dan to be Severin plugged in one of these podcast interviews, Carol Castle from the Wrestling for Life Suicide Awareness Group, and I'm sure many others to come. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, Jordan, And uh, let's keep getting a a bigger and bigger fan base here. It's a lot of fun. Uh, You never know what might happen.
0: Much appreciated, brother. And that was none other than Ballistic Brent Myers here on Jordan Garber Now. None other than a great interview with Ballistic Brent Myers on the Jordan Garber Now podcast. And we are still awaiting our big main event interview of the evening. None other than Ring of Honor star Prince Nana. What is on his mind when he goes on the Jordan Garber Now podcast? It should definitely be a good one. That is for sure. And remember, you can get your Jordan Garber Now trading card. You can pre-order it on Facebook and Twitter. As well, you can get some other Jordan Garber Now merchandise, like some 8x10 photos and some action figures, among other wrestling merchandise as well. We do do a daily news update, which is on Friday as the uh, pre-show. I should call it a news update, sorry. We're doing that Fridays now before the podcast at 5 p.m., so that should be running around 4, and then the post show should be running around Saturdays at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time, doing it all in one week here on the Jordan Garber Now podcast to uh, definitely work on some big developments and work on some new markets in terms of advertising. So the, the future is bright for us, that's for sure. Anyways, coming up next it's none other than Prince Nana on the Jordan Garber Now podcast
2: this life if you're not enlightened <laughs> at this time you might please well welcome be to the jordan garber now podcast British former British British ring of British honor British star British prince no Nana!
0: and there you have it former ring of honor star is in our main event here on Jordan Garber Now, and it's none other than Prince Nana. A fast fact, the last time I interacted with Prince Nana was in 2016 at the Turner Hall in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But this year, it's 2020, and what's going to happen when he debuts on Jordan Garber Now next? Do you enjoy talking to your favorite wrestling superstars? Well, Jordan Garber now has an opportunity for you. For only $5.99, you get to have a 10-15 to minute conversation with any of your favorite Jordan Garber now interviewees. Send me a Facebook message for more information. We are here with none other than Prince Nana. It's great to have you on the show, man. How are you doing?
2: Oh my God! You, Jordan. All right, you 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 know I'm irritated right now, right?
0: And why is that?
2: Because you're interrupting my my lunch. All right, I have my beautiful servant in the kitchen. All right, she's over there cooking up. My jollof rice, okay, my jollof rice with the fried shrimp, all right? It's so good, all right, the jollof rice. One day I'm going to invite you over so you can have some, all right? But don't interrupt my lunch again. But how are you, Jordan? It's good to be on your, your, your broadcast today.
0: Well, I am doing pretty good. I am enjoying my turkey club, so we can both say that we are enjoying some good food right now. And, uh... Turkey club, all right.
2: Your turkey club don't have nothing on my jollof rice,
0: but go ahead. Oh, that is debatable. (laughs) Just bugging you there. But, uh, starting out and training with, uh, Johnny Rods, you were looking to, uh, Find some advice on where to train when you just first started out, and that was Johnny Rods, uh, starting out with him. What were some experiences that he taught you that you'll always remember for the rest of your life?
2: Oh, man, forget it. Johnny Rods, you know, God bless him. He's maybe in his his mid to late 80s right now. He's a pioneer in the wrestling business, and I learned a lot from him. He's like a, a second father to me. And you know how you have your your parents and sometimes you you get into fights with them and you don't want to talk with them and then you want to talk with them and you don't want to talk with them. That's how my relationship is with Johnny. He's taught me a lot. I've met a lot of good people through him. I've worked for Johnny. I've helped him, um, you know, with his promotion, WUW World of Unpredictable Wrestling. I actually helped him name that company uh, that he works with out of his school in Brooklyn, New York. So, you know, Johnny took me under his wing. I was the first uh, young student that he ever had in the school. The first student was 15 years old. He used to only take 18-year-old students, all right? So, you know, when I came to the school and he found out that I was young, he was kind of against bringing me in. But, you know, I, I, I spoke to him and he saw that, you know, at that time there was something different about me. You know, he said there was something different about me. And then he sent me home with a, 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 a letter for me to take to my mom for, for her to sign. And, and, and from there it was history. But as far as what he taught me, he taught me a lot. All right. And, and one of the main things that he taught me and wanted me to be prepared for, but I really didn't understand it back then but I understand it now as I'm an adult in the is It's mainly about the inequality in professional wrestling. You know, he always wanted me to be aware of that. And I think one of the main reasons why is because he saw how um, much of a leader I was and, and kind of exemplified at that time. And he didn't want me to be disappointed years later with what the You know, with what the wrestling business can do to anybody, white, black, Chinese, you know, but especially for someone African-American, it can be disheartening sometimes if you don't have the right mind frame. So Johnny Raj always instilled that into me. Uh, He always instilled the hard work, you know, the hard work ethic when I was training. It was every day, every night I was going to work, going to school and going to the gym. Eat in the gym, sleep in the gym, at the gym, back from the gym. Going to eat steak, back at the gym after I eat the steak. And so, you know, that was my life. I I slept, ate, and, and, and dreamt about wrestling, and Johnny Raj was to, to kind of guide me along the way, you know, at that time of my life. And after
0: that, you know, you started out
2: in... Come on, come on, when it goes, you do it. Why are you having these long pauses on the phone? What are you doing? you're eating You're still eating the techie club sandwich. Come on, put the sandwich down i'm I'm enjoying. Dad, What is your problem?
0: It's extra mayo, man you, 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 i gotta i gotta enjoy this man uh anyway so uh, jerk. <laughs> jersey championship wrestling you started out in 2000 and then you went into the wwf you had a few matches there including a match with crash holly kind of tell your uh, tell the audience here what your thoughts were kind of on that match and how the opportunity came about
2: oh wow crash holly rest in peace to him that's number one crash holly is like another pioneer in the business that is gone too soon um but you know uh Wow. Wrestling Crash Holly was probably one of the biggest highlights in my my career. Um, It happened in 2002, which is it seems like a lifetime ago. Uh, And it was in Madison Square Garden in front of a sold out crowd. Um, You know, when I walked out the cabin and, and, you know, the, the crowd saw me. Wow. What a what a moment. Because at that point, I was already kind of like a, a New York City, kind of like a fake icon in New York City. You know, we used to do these shows in Queens where like um, it was kind of like 500 to 700 people at the shows. And I used to come out and the crowd used to go nuts. And, you know, I used to beat the guy up and curse at the crowd and everything. So when I came out at Madison Square Garden, you know, after a lot of people, I guess, been hearing online about me and so on and so forth, when I came out, the crowd was excited to to see me. So that was a big memorable moment. And the match itself was, was a good match. You know, I was at one of my heaviest, you know, the heaviest uh, that I was in my life as far as weight is concerned. And I think if I was a little lighter, I would have had a, a better match. But, you know, I wouldn't change anything about it. Crash Holly, you know, guided me and he, you know, um, helped me out through the match and as far as just, like, not beating me up, you know. I competed with him, but he didn't beat me up too bad and, and I didn't beat him up too bad and we had a, a pretty good match. That night he won, but, you know, Crash Holly was definitely a um, a big tenant in my career as far as being a wrestler. But as far as how it came about, you know, uh, before that event, I actually, you know, had my first opportunity with the WWE already. Um, I don't know if you're aware of that. And that was at, with Steve Blackman. You know, I wrestled Steve Blackman in, in a dark um, match. The National, yeah, in a dark match. No, it was a televised match, my friend. All right. Prince Nana has only been on television. All right. Do your research. All right. Why would you say a dark match? Huh? I
0: believe it. Who do you think
2: you're garbage. talking to? Huh? Who do you think you're talking to? All right, it was a broadcasted match on USA Network live in front of millions of people. All right, my first time there with Steve Blackman, all right, which was a sold out crowd in front of metal. It was a show called Metal at the time. And, uh, you know, man, I shared the locker room with Chris Benoit, I shared the locker room with Eddie Guerrero. R- rest in peace to those guys, you know, and a lot of other people. Um, but one of the main things that you know got me in there was a good, good friend of mine by the name of um, uh, Kevin Kelly. My my friend Kevin Kelly, he got me in. You know, after seeing a tape that I had sent to him, uh, maybe about uh, one year or two years prior, and he enjoyed my work. He said to to me, "Hey." you know, uh, I enjoy your work, I want you to come on down to, to the event, make sure you have your gear, alright, make sure you bring everything, and, and just, you know, you know, uh, be respectful, I remember him saying that, you know, just be respectful, because he knew I was young, you gotta remember I was a 20-year-old, you know, I was young in the, the wrestling business, and, you know, that was probably the best advice that he could give me. Be respectful, and, and I had my opportunity, and, and wow, what, what a great thing. You know, even Howard Finkel announced me at both of those events that I did with the WWE. And in
0: 2002, uh, Ring of Honor began. You know, they had their first event called the Era of Honor Begins. Kind of look at that event and look at Ring of Honor now. Uh, what changes do you
2: see, good and bad? Ah man, uh, if, if you're talking about um, you know Ring of Honor and 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 seeing it from 2002 to 2020, uh, it's definitely a it's a remarkable thing. It's a remarkable thing. You know, in 2002, you know people know the backstory when Gabe Sapolsky approached me to be a part of Ring of Honor. You know, the first show, he he told me he was a fan. Of mine, I didn't know who he was, but then I knew who he was afterwards. After people told me who he was and that he was, you know, working with uh, Paul Heyman and so on and so forth, so I did the show and and I didn't really think anything of it when it was happening. It was almost like, you know, hey, this is just any other show happening that I just happened to be on. But as the the year went on and and the shows that we were putting on and the Um, amount of people that were coming and they were coming religiously to the events to see people like me and to see people like Loki, American Dragon, Christopher Daniels, all of these guys, it it, it was truly remarkable. And and it was really the birth of something um, special. You know, over the years, of course, there's been many bumps in the road, you know, change in ownership, you know, Maybe about two times, you know, from the Feinstein to Carrie Silkin, and then Carrie Silkin finally changing it over to um, Sinclair Broadcasting. You know, it's definitely had its ups and its downs and its growing pains, and 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 there's things that that probably should be different, probably shouldn't be different. It's it's up to everybody's opinion. You know, I feel whenever Prince Nana is involved, it's a peak. In, in, in as far as interest, when it comes to Ring of Honor, and when Prince Nala's not there, yeah, there's still a peak in interest. But you know, I I just can't, um, you know, kind of observe that, you know, I because I'm on the outside, so I wouldn't be able to kind of see that because there's very very fierce competition going on, like AEW, WWE, Impact. So you know, when you have a variety of things going on. And you're on the outside, you know, and you're looking at the numbers, you, you can, you know, see what's really going on. But every time that I personally have been with the company, you know, the numbers have been up. Things have been really good. Business has been booming. And, and basically, that's a, a, a good thing. I, I always wish nothing but the best to the entire Rasta at, at Ring of Honor. And you never know when Prince Nana will pop back up.
0: Well, you definitely uh, created a great legacy in Ring of Honor, including the embassy. Uh, tell us how that came about, too, how that was created.
2: Oh, man, if I tell you how the embassy was created, I would have to kill you.
0: Oh, no, no, we don't want that. We don't want that. I want right, to eat turkey I clubs, I want
2: though. that, so I'm going to give you a very basic, basic outline, okay, of, of, of how it happened. It started with my, my, my friend, okay, Xavier. All right. He's a, a wrestler from the, the Northeast area. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, and, um, you know, Mr. Gabe Sapolsky, you know, he was looking to, to do something, you know, different with Xavier at that time. I think Xavier had lost the belt and he was on this, you know, uh, quest to get the world championship belt back around his waist. But he needed guidance. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, sir. He needed guidance, and and I remember having a meeting with, with Mister Gabe Sapolsky and, and Mister Gabe Sapolsky saying to me, you know, Nana, you know, I, you know, I know that you are a very important person, and I know that you can do this. You know, you can, you know, probably look into a couple of 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 the wrestlers on the Rasta and 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 tell me who you might be interested in 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 working with under your your brand, the Prince Man brand, you know so i the first person that I said was xavier and and the next thing you know uh when I was going out to the ring, all right, the day that I signed the contract to work with Xavier, you know I believe Bobby cruz and and Mr. Zopolsky came over to me, and they said, Hey, by the way, what is the name of 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 your company and and I thought I had told them already. But I, that's when I told them, oh, it's the embassy. And, and right from there, Bobby Cruz went out to the, the, the crowd and, you know, said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, introducing, representing the embassy, Nana, and that's when the embassy was born. That's and cool. and we, you know, Xavier came out. And there's certain things I'm forgetting in the story, but, you know, that's basically how it was, came about.
0: You know, you also had a great experience in Japan. Uh, Culture shock as well, in terms of anybody uh, that goes there. You know, it's definitely a dream for anybody to go compete in Japan. Uh, Tell the world, you know, what were some of the great things about Japan you could share?
2: Oh, man, Japan is a beautiful place. I I can't wait to go back sometime in my life. Uh, Sometimes I can't believe I even went there. You know, it's, it's, um, luckily I have pictures and I have, um pay-per-view matches that I did um, in front of the world to kind of, like, remind people of, you know, what I did there. But Japan was unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, Hats off to Steve Carino, all right? Steve Carino, he works for the WWE right now. Hats off to him for helping set that up with, uh, you know, Hashimoto, all right? He was the owner, rest in peace. At the time, you know, Hashimoto, uh, he he saw me wrestle at Ring of Honor. And and he he was like, who is that guy? Who is he? And, you know, Steve Carino was his, like, you know, his scout, his his talent scout. And and basically, he was like, that's Prince Nana. And, you know, he was like, I definitely want him to be on the tour. Make sure that you contact him and you tell him I want him to be on the, the tour of Japan. And that's when history started. You know, Steve Carino contacted me. He told me what was going down. And, and I was on my first flight to to Japan with um, the Christopher Street Connection. Can you believe of all wow. people the Christopher Street Connection? Boy, we had a good time. Man, we must have eaten all the food on the plane. We were watching movies. There was a baby crying the whole 17 hours, but we didn't care, all right, because we were in their first class who we are going and coming it was a great experience Ripongi oh man Rupongi is a great city in Tokyo all right and then we got to work at the great Corrigan Hall all right which is not too far from the the, the, um, the, the Tokyo Dome in in Tokyo and and the matches that I had with the zero one people were just totally fantastic so my whole uh, fan base out in Japan, I look forward to seeing you again. All right? Make sure you, you, you contact, Prince Nana on social media. I like hearing from you guys.
0: Absolutely. And uh, before we wrap things up and give you your social media here, I bring up three names. It's, a, it's called the Random Three. And you're going to give your opinion on them. Don, uh, Donovan Dijak, now in WWE. Uh, we, talk, we also have on the list Loki and Cesaro. What are your thoughts on those three?
2: Oh, man. All of them are good friends. Every single one of those guys that you said are good, good, good friends of Prince And I, I had a good relationship with Donovan Dijak um, towards my, you know, the last time that I was with Ring of Honor, the most recent time I was with Ring of Honor. Uh, right after that, he got picked up by the WWE. So I did my job. All right. I did my job. And I'm proud of it. And I'm proud of Donovan Dijak. He was a star from the beginning, all right? And we just put a little bit of a twist on it and made it more of a uh, a, a, a believable thing, all right? And once that happened, it was uh, go time. And and as far as Loki, Loki is is, you know, we had our time in the ring, in Ring of Honor, all right? But let me tell you something. He is one of my good, good, good friends in the wrestling business. We go out to eat. We have the time. We have good laughs. We've been on the road together. We share the same mentor, which is uh, Jim Ketna, the old owner and, and creator of ECWA in Delaware. Uh, and and Louie is definitely an innovator in this business. A lot of people probably won't say that, but he's an innovator in the business. And I'm proud that he's my friend. Uh, and and the last person you said was Cesaro. Cesaro is a star. You know that already. He's a star. Look at him, please. He, he was came from the bottom, all right. They flew him in from England or from um, from Switzerland to become a part of the Ring of Honor Rasta. He was very humble, very humble Switzerland man, you know? And then he, he came up on the ranks, became a part of the, the, the you know, um the world's greatest tag team. Am I right? Yes, sir. No, not, not the world's greatest Not the, the, the Kings of Wrestling.
0: Kings of Wrestling with Chris Hero. Right?
2: Exactly. The Kings of Wrestling tag team, all right, which took, uh, you know, took Storm throughout the wrestling business and then finally come into the embassy, okay, for that final piece of, of spice before he went to the WWE. So I'm very, very proud of him, all right, and all of those guys that you mentioned. It's nice that you brought up their name right.
0: Absolutely. And uh, before did you, you uh, brush pl- your
2: teeth this morning, what's that? Did you brush your teeth this morning?
0: I certainly did.
2: OK, because you're, you, the way you're talking, it sounds like your mouth is dry. All right. It sounds like your mouth is dry. Go get some some type of juice or something like that. All right. For sure. You nervous or something? Don't be nervous.
0: I could definitely do that. It could be from the turkey club as well, you know. Uh, That could definitely be another factor.
2: the turkey club don't have no juice in it. When I eat my jollof rice with the dry shrimp, it's going to be nice, juicy, and and very, you know, tasty, but not too much salt because I have high blood pressure, so I don't eat with too too much of that salt stuff.
0: Yeah, too much salt can definitely be a
2: killer. Is that still cooking, by the way? Yeah, man, it's going to be ready soon. You know, she she got it over there in the oven right now. She tried to interrupt my conversation to ask a question, but you know, Prince Nala can't have that. Prince Nala can't have that. So I, I just wanted it to keep going smoothly and make sure that everyone that's listening to your podcast is actually learning something, all right? Because it's kind of tough right now. I know everybody wants to go outside, all right? Everyone wants to go outside, and start to walk around, go shopping, go to the mall, go to shows. But we have to
0: put safety first, all right? Absolutely, and most definitely. That's a very strong message sent. And uh, you have a fundraiser uh, that you have on uh, GoFundMe as well. Uh, Plug that along with your social media. How can fans uh, donate and help uh, what what you have in the works? Apparently, it's something very big.
2: Well, basically, Prince Nana's working on a book Right now, it's called The Embassy Forever, A Pro Wrestling Memoir, all right? And, uh, you know, I'm posting uh, different links on my social media page, all right? You can find me on social media at Prince King Nana. all right? At PrinceKingNana, N-A-N-A, on Twitter, on Instagram, all right? If you want to follow me on Facebook, which I think I have way too many followers now, I might not be able to add you but it's Nana, that's N-A-N-A, and then O, all right, like open, and then Banda, B-A-N as in Nancy, as in, you know, uh, nail, okay, B-A-N as in nail, and then D as in dog, O as in open, and then H as in hole, all right?
0: Perfect. Uh, Well, we definitely are, uh, Jordan Garber now, followers will definitely give you a follow, and uh, I'm going to spread the word as well of uh, your book. And I, uh, I look forward to reading it, that's for sure. And thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast today.
2: I appreciate being here, Jordan. All right, keep your head up. I look forward to seeing you in the big time one day, all right? And everybody out there, make sure that you support Jordan. He's a good guy, all right? He was eventually, originally going to be a foot nail clipper, but he's following his dream and becoming a referee and a podcast host, and I'm proud of you.
0: Thank you very much, sir. And you just listened to a great interview with none other than former Ring of Honor star Prince Nana on the Jordan Garber Now podcast. It was definitely cool meeting him in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in 2016, and in Hopkins, Minnesota in 2016 for those two Ring of Honor shows. You know, besides going to WWE, I never really went to a major wrestling event other than WWE, and to go to a Ring of Honor show at those two places was really cool, and to get a backstage experience was even better. So, to have him on the Jordy Garber Now podcast and share his opinions is uh, truly an honor and a privilege to uh, have, and it's so cool, because you look back to all these wrestlers you interviewed and it's almost like you're starting your own little scrapbook collection. There's so many great memories and so many great moments, and there's more to come each and every Friday at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, among other podcast listening sources. For myself, Jordan Garber, and the Jordan Garber Now podcast, I really appreciate you guys listening to the podcast today. And if there's someone out there that looks like they're having a rough day, remember, a simple act of kindness can turn someone's day around. For myself, Jordan Garber, you guys have yourselves a great weekend.